What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Hope you guys are having a good week. This is, of course, uh, Concept Tuesday. As you guys know, we're doing a little new weekly lineup. And on Tuesdays, we're going to talk about different concepts in the world of sports betting. On today's show, we'll talk about why lines move. Some line move talk. Why lines get to where they are, how they move, and how you guys can do a better job placing bets for yourself. Uh, before we get going, special thanks to Woos Media. This is, of course, a Woos Media podcast, but Woos Media does much more than podcasting. They also are the leaders in online marketing. If you own a business or know anyone who owns a business and want to make the more of your the most of your online presence, you've got to check out Woos Media online. W O O Z E Media That's Woos Media. All right, so again, on today's show, why lines move? And this all kind of started because uh, I was on Twitter, and oh, God, isn't it, isn't it just amazing the different shit you could find on Twitter in terms of sports betting information or, or picks or anything? I mean, it's you, you spend five minutes on Twitter, you think every goddamn person who's ever watched a sport before is a professional better. <laughs> but uh, I saw this tweet that, that prompted me to... Uh, think about what we would talk about on today's show, and I have it right here. I'll pull it up. Uh, so the essence of this tweet is about line moves. And there is, again, so much bad information out there, so much wrong information floating around. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about line moves, how they really work, and set the story straight for a lot of you out there who may uh, who may be venturing down the wrong path in terms of assuming how lines move. So this quote, I'm not going to say who it's from, anything like that, but uh, one of my, uh, actually one of my employees retweeted it. And they retweeted it with resounding happiness and agreement and everything like that. So I'm just going, oh God, you know, no one here knows what they're talking about. That's what it seems like. Uh, the tweet says, for those who don't understand how sports books work, Boise State opened the eight-point favorite, and it dropped to six and a half. That's because early money is on Boise State. They dropped it to try to get some more money on San Jose State to cover the Boise State bets. They hedge money on it, not representing who they think will win. Again, I'll read that to be a little more clear. Quote, for those who don't understand how sports books work, Boise State opened favored by eight, and it dropped to six and a half. It's because the early money's on Boise State. They drop it to try and get more money on San Jose State to cover the Boise State money. They hedge money, not representing who they think will win. Okay, that's the tweet that started to get all different kinds of reaction and people commenting. And a lot of the comments and a lot of the, the sentiment was, oh, oh yeah, this guy's right. Early money doesn't really impact the line move. And if anything, they'll go the other direction to try and influence money. Well, first of all, this tweet is incorrect because if the sports books were trying to prompt you to take San Jose State and if they wanted more money on San Jose State, they wouldn't have moved it down from plus eight for San Jose State to plus six and a half. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think this guy's just getting his tweet backwards. And you may be saying, well, Tyler, why are you basing your whole show on some dumbass who doesn't even know what he's talking about? Well, and the, and the, and the answer is because a lot of people out there don't know what they're talking about. And a lot of people out there don't understand the essence of how lines move. And this was a great example. You know, someone who obviously thinks they're smarter than they really are because they started their tweet by saying, for those who don't understand how sports books work, and then they followed it up with a statement that clearly demonstrates their lack of knowledge for how sports books work. 
this is a great example. So what we'll talk about today is why lines move, how lines move, the process of a line being developed from beginning to end. Because I promise you, if you keep reading information like that on Twitter, and there's no good way to discern who knows what they're talking about from those who don't know what they're talking about online or on Twitter, you know, this this is this is what you want to listen to. And that's why these listeners, you know, that's why you guys keep coming back to this show, is because you know we know what we're talking about. We we go in depth with certain things. We explain how how the process works. And it, it's it's I feel two ways about it. First, I feel, you know, who cares? It's not my bank account that's being affected by these guys saying that lines move for the wrong reason or even these other guys on Twitter who give picks. It's like part of me goes, who cares? Don't take their picks. Don't read their information. It's not your bank account. But the other part of me, the part of me that's grown more as I've done this show, the part of me that meets you guys and hears from you guys and talks to the average sports better and the average fan out there. I understand that a lot of you guys are entering the market now because sports betting may be legal where you live and you don't know what good information looks like. You don't, you, you don't know who to listen to and which direction to go. And that's where I kind of have a problem with all this. It's because a lot of people are wasting their money, wasting their time, wasting their effort on these guys who really don't know what the hell they're talking about. So again, great example in that tweet. We'll move on from it and we'll talk about how lines move. Now, if we're talking about how lines move... We should start off with how lines originate, opening lines and opening line moves. Because honestly, I would say about 90% of actual line movement is determined by opening lines. Okay? The idea that lines are just constantly fluid and moving throughout the week and up until the, the kickoff of the game, that's true. Lines move a little bit, especially in sports like the NFL, where a lot of the public does bet. But in general, the big line moves, especially the ones that are heavily advertised, happen very quickly. And you have to be there when when it happens, when these lines get offered. And before we go any, before we go any further here, uh, let's t- let's talk about the difference between market making sports books and retail sports books, because there's a huge difference here. Market making sports books and retail sports books. And odds are, everyone listening is part of a retail sports book. And I know this because 90% of sports books out there are retail sports books. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being conservative. Maybe it's 95% of sports books out there are retail sports books. So what does this mean? This means that market-making books are one of the few sports books who are brave enough to come out with a world opener line and take the initial money on whatever game we're talking about. Hockey, soccer, basketball, baseball, whatever. And you should know that some sports books open or offer world openers for like the NFL and hockey and then don't offer world openers for other sports. So it's not you know, fluid. There's not one sports book where if you're a part of them, you're always going to get world openers no matter what. Some sports books offer some sport world openers. You've just got to find it yourself. And I mean, I can tell you right now, if you bet the NHL, betonline.ag is one of the few world opening sports books, one of the few market making sports books in hockey. So, You've got to know the difference between that. Market-making sports books, open lines, they offer the very first lines, and then retail sports books wait for things to kind of cool off and then take the recycled lines. So let's use an example coming up this Christmas. Okay, Christmas Day, the Vikings are at the New Orleans Saints. Minnesota Vikings at New Orleans Saints. The line is currently 
minus seven for the Saints. And that's what it opened up on a lot of different sports books. BetMGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, William Hill, FoxBet, they all opened up Saints minus seven. But there were a couple sports books who offered Saints minus six just a few days ago. Now, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. And these lines opened up Sunday night, Monday morning. So within about a day, day and a half, this line has already moved. But here's how it works. It's like I said, all these different books, right? MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, they all came out with minus seven. So how did that work? How, how did that? How did we have not have access to minus six? What's going on here? Okay. Again, one of the few market-making sports books comes out with the original line, the very first line that's offered. And there's probably three or four books in the entire world who do this. And what those books did was offer the New Orleans Saints minus six, okay? And so what happened was there's a lot of professionals who came in and they bet the max limit because the way these sports books who offer world openers protect themselves is by not letting these gamblers and these bettors bet as much as they want to by not offering very high limits. So so they'll keep their limits very, very low. The idea that sports books move based on the amount of money coming in for opening lines is actually not true. What they move lines based on early for opening lines is not how much money is being bet, but who is making these certain bets. Sports books have profiles on a lot of different bettors. I mean, every single better, whether you just signed up with a book and had been making bets for a week, or you've been a part of a sports book now for two and a half years. Everyone who makes a sports bet online has a profile and they understand what you bet well, what you don't bet well, what your average bet size is, your favorite teams, your least favorite teams, all of these things. Okay. And so they get profiles on us. And the better you are, the better your profile says you are, the more they're going to take, the more they're going to respect your bets and they're going to take your bets seriously. So if enough people come in and bet the Saints at minus six at that opening max value, max line, max bet, then they'll move it. So someone goes in, professional better goes into their sports book. They see, okay, Saints minus six. I think there's value on New Orleans. I will take the Saints minus six. So they make their their, their max bet, which... Maybe on Monday's 250 bucks. It's really not much at all. So they make a max bet of $250 on the Saints. Now they can do one of two things. And every sports book has different rules, but most sports books rules go like this. You can now wait one minute. Okay, 60 seconds you can wait. And you can either bet again if the sports book manager allows you to bet again. So you can make another bet for the same amount you just made. If the sportsbook manager allows you to do so. They may say no. They may say yes. That's up to them. Or you can always make another bet if the line moves. So if the Saints go from minus six to minus six and a half, you can make another max limit bet wherever you're betting. So here's what happens. And this is a great example. The Saints open up minus six and only a couple books in the world. A lot of good, respected sports bettors max bet the Saints minus six. Maybe put in another max bet for the Saints minus six a minute later and hammered the Saints minus six until the sports book said, a lot of action on the Saints. Looks like the Sharps are on the Saints. Let's move the line to six and a half. 
So now the Saints are six and a half point favorites and they kept getting action and the professionals kept betting the Saints six and a half, hammering it, max bet after max bet after max bet. And so the book said, okay, they still like the Saints minus six. Let's move it to seven. And then something funny happened. All the bets stopped. No professional or no one betting early on Monday saw value in the Saints minus seven or the Vikings plus seven. Because if there were sharps out there who were waiting on the Vikings to get to plus seven to make their bets, this line would have moved back down to six and a half. So essentially, all the sharps and all the sharp money was on New Orleans early. Move the line from six to six and a half to seven. And that all happened in about two hours, maybe three hours. I mean, this happens fast. That whole process happens very quickly. Lines are posted, bets are made, lines move, and within a couple hours, the feeding frenzy's over. And if you weren't part of that feeding frenzy, then you, by definition, won't have any value on this bet. Now, let's talk about that because a lot of you may be saying, now, what if I like the other side? What if I like the Vikings at plus seven and now I'm getting the better number? There's a huge flaw in that thinking, right? It doesn't matter if you like the Saints at minus seven, and it doesn't matter if you like the Vikings at plus seven, because if you like the Saints minus seven, the line that everyone else offered, because if we can, I know this may get a little confusing, so if we can rewind real quick, when that when, when the betting stops, and when no more bets are made on the Saints minus seven or, or Minnesota plus seven, okay, and, and there's crickets, no more bets, that's when... FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, FoxBet, Bovada, a lot of these other books will then take that number. That's why FanDuel opened at minus seven. That's why William Hill opened Saints minus seven. They waited for all the market-making books to cool off, to, to let that six develop. And they didn't want to touch the six because that's too... That's, that, that's not efficient enough of a number. A lot of books, 95% of books, wait for the line to move, wait for that thing to get to seven, wait for the action to die off, and then they take the stale number. So minus seven for the Saints, believe it or not, even though we're already, or only, I should say, to Tuesday, that's a stale number. Because as I said, if you like the Saints minus seven, it doesn't matter because you already missed the good number. And if you like the Vikings plus seven, you're essentially saying that you were able to see something in the line, something wrong with the Vikings being a seven-point underdog that no other professional in the world has seen, and you're almost never wrong about it. You understand how that can be tricky, how it can be really dangerous to play that game of, oh, it's fine, I'll just wait for the line to move because I like the other side anyway. Well, what that means is you're fading every syndicate, every person who does this professionally in the NFL, and what you're saying pretty much is, I see something no one else saw. And if you have that mindset in sports betting, you're going to lose money very quickly. If you have the idea that you're the smartest guy in the room and that you you can fade all these sharp moves and everything like that, you're going to lose your money. So the, the essence of today's show is not to really scare you guys, right? I mean, with all this, you may be like, well, great. Now we're kind of stuck. What's the point of betting if it's either a bad number or you're on the wrong side? You know? Here's the good news, is that worst case scenario, you're going to go 50% over the long run, whether you like it or not. <laughs> now, obviously, me, other professionals achieve around 55%, if not more, but most people betting, 99.9% .9 of people who ever make a bet will go 50% in their lifetime, okay? 
So that's the good news, is you're never too far behind in terms of the VIG. You will even out things will be 50%. But if you still like that, if you still don't like that answer, and it still concerns you with what we're talking about, I have a simple solution. Solution. Bet earlier. You know, do more homework. Be ready or early in the week. Become a member at a market-making sportsbook. Ask questions to the sportsbook managers. When do you guys release lines? Do you offer any world openers? You know, you can get in the tank with the Sharks. Just be ready for it because it's aggressive. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can hop on the wrong side of the game very early. You know, it's it's tough. But if you want to make money, especially betting the NFL, and I, sh- I shouldn't actually say especially the NFL, but I think most people bet the NFL later in the week, you know, on game day compared to most other sports because you have to bet early in every sport. But betting early is crucial. It's not an option. It is mandatory. If you want to win, you have to bet early. And to wrap everything up today, you know, what we talked about with lines moving and things like that, that's really my issue with ESPN and all these shows, these new shows saying, you know, quote, the public is on the Saints at minus seven. For our example right now on Christmas Day, right? Well, it doesn't matter what side the public is on because the public doesn't really move the line that much. You know, again, if you hear ESPN say the public's on the Saints at minus seven, that's irrelevant because the Sharps were on the Saints at minus six and minus six and a half. And nobody found value on either side after that. So whether the public is on Minnesota plus seven or, or, or New Orleans minus seven, it doesn't do anything to the line or the value of that team in the market. But the idea that, you know, so much public money has been moved to the wrong side, that's simply way overblown. That's paid attention to way, way too much. The idea of public money, fade the public, where's the public? It, it, it's, it's, that, that's sort of like fools. It, it's, it's just they're lying to you. It doesn't matter at all. It's like looking at the weather outside and saying, well, I had a bologna sandwich today. It must be cold. They have nothing to do with one another. Nothing. The idea that the public is on the Saints or whoever they're going to be on for this game doesn't affect that the line was moved from six to six and a half to seven, and now we're all picking at seven. And again, if you like seven for the Saints or for the Saints, then you already missed a good number of minus six. And if you like plus seven for the Vikings, then you're fading every other sharp out there saying you pretty much know more than all of them. So, you know, the whole idea of the public, the public, the public, look, the public's going to be right half the time. <laughs> you know, the public isn't wrong 75% of the time. The public just doesn't get over the hump to get to 55% to do well enough to make money. By the nature of picking the Saints or the Vikings in this example or any other team, is you have two choices. It's the Saints plus seven or minus seven or the Vikings plus seven. You don't have 95 choices. You're going to go 50% over the long run. But that tweet that I read, everything that, you know, you, you hear sometimes in terms of, oh, the lines, watch out for the public or look what way the lines moving, things like that. You have to understand that market making books give world openers. They move based on professional action. And after those lines are stale, dried up, then they release it to the public. And that's a lot of the lines that you guys have been buying now for weeks. So, you know, be careful. Understand what you're doing. Understand the process. And uh, even though a lot of you guys like to bet later in the week, if this all bothers you, it's simple. Start betting a little bit earlier. All right, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.